Sego. I'm John Kane, and this is Resistance Radio. I want to thank you for joining me. Uh, look, uh, we put the show up as a podcast. We, uh, um, we stream it on uh, Facebook Live. But primarily, this is a radio show, and this radio show airs on several Pacifica stations. Uh, and I, you know, I can't emphasize enough on how much I, I hope and I ask um, that the listeners of this, of this program, regardless of how you listen, whether you listen to it on the radio or not, that you support the two stations uh, in particular and, and the one affiliate that, that um, carries the, the show. And I know this show is actually carried on a few uh, other internet uh, radio uh, stations as well. But uh, we do broadcast in New York City on WBAI and we broadcast in Washington, D.C. on WPFW. And, uh, you know, so I, 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 really, I really hope that the listeners will support those stations. Now, in supporting those stations, you become a member of those stations. And there's some significance of that. And, and among the significant issues associated with that is that um, you get to be a voting member. You know, the, uh, staff members uh, can vote for the local station boards um, on the stations. And, and the listeners who have donated, I think, $25 or more throughout the year, I guess. And, and look, and if you haven't, you, you, you should be getting an email with a ballot if you are a qualified listener. If you, if you believe you're a qualified listener, you need to contact the station and find out uh, why you haven't. Um, but I, I do encourage people to, to vote in these elections. I mean, I'm not, look, and I, you're rarely going to hear John Kane talk about uh, encouraging people to vote in elections. Well, I'm talking about national elections, state elections, and, and government, uh, governments of that sort. But in this situation, you, the listener, you're, you're, you have become a vested member of, this, of these stations. And um, every one of the Pacifica stations are struggling. And if you want to play a role in uh, fixing these stations or changing these stations or improving these stations, there's two things you can do. You can run, uh, and, and that pretty much is set. Who are the listener candidates for who are the staff candidates? Uh, but you can vote, and, and you should find out. You, you can you know, uh, research you know, what are the candidate statements and that kind of stuff. But by all means, I am really encouraging people to vote in uh, for these LSB seats on these uh, Pacifica stations. It's, uh, it is important, and I'm not going to recommend who to vote for uh, or to vote more often than once. I'm not, <laughs> not doing that. But I will say that uh, um, if you want to assert a stake in these stations, and you essentially have just by donating, um, then, then do so, do so and, uh, let your voice be heard. And, and, and look, you can, you, you can kind of see how these stations have struggled and where they've struggled. Uh, we don't talk about it on the air and I, and I'm not going to do that here either. But, uh, if you follow, if you become passionate about the, these specific stations, then, uh, you kind of know the deal. So, you know, let your, you know, let your conscience guide you on this thing and, uh, and see if you can't impact uh some positive change to these uh, these stations and you know in spite of the storied history and uh and all of the you know the boasts we can make about the past uh, our future is is always in peril so um i of course i ask you all the time to donate to these stations and i rarely talk about the perks that come with donating and and whether you think voting is a perk or an obligation uh, i'm still asking you to do so so all right we are on the air in New York City and Washington, D.C., uh, and, of course, everywhere uh, via the Internet. 
So I got to talk about something that, that I almost hate talking about because look, I do a lot of work on the mascot issues and you know, look, once we've, we've kind of accomplished something, I check that box and then I move on to where the next battle is. But apparently um, the news media, which loves to sensationalize crap. Um, and I mean, the mainstream media, you know, frankly, I hope none of the Pacifica stations have, uh, have jumped on this because nobody has called me. And what I'm talking about is the Washington football team. Now, the Washington football team's previous owner was forced to sell. And, of course, it's hard to call it a forced sale when the guy made billions of dollars off of the, the sale. Um, but he, you know, he led this Washington NFL team into some of its worst performance um, in, in the franchise's history. But also, it's been mired in controversy. And, of course, the controversy that's always followed this team was its name. And, and look, I could, I could call it the R word. Unfortunately, I think that word, the, the, that expression has, has covered a couple of um, uh, slanders, I guess, uh, associated with disability and everything else. So I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm going to say the word, redskin. Now, I would love to compare that, that word to the N-word. And the crazy part is, I'm not sure, and Reggie, maybe you could tell me, I, am I allowed to say the N-word or do I have to just imply the N-word? Is that one of those FCC violations or, or WBAI violations? I mean, I'm not calling anybody that, but... Uh, no, 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 I, I, I totally get what you're saying. Well, um, even though the FCC doesn't have guidelines when it comes to slurs, Pacifica Radio actually does, so... Yeah, but I'll, I'll, I'll bet Pacifica doesn't put the R-word in that category. Unfortunately, I think you're right. Of course I'm right, because, because racism isn't, a, uh, isn't an equal opportunity um, uh, conviction. So, so well, I mean, it's... I'm not, gonna, I'm, not, I'm not even trying to argue with you on that <laughs> one, John. All right, so I guess I have to say the N-word, but I don't have to say the R-word. I can actually say the word. But and look, and I've gotten in trouble with this before, because I, I was mm -hmm. on commercial radio and... And I use the, uh, you know, I, I, I expressed, of course, it's kind of crazy when you say the N-word, aren't you making people say it in their mind anyway? I mean, it's, it's, it's well, it's, I, you know, I, I don't know. It's, 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 it's kind of weird. It's like kind of out of sight, out of mind, sort of, but it, it's, it's weird it, because it's already, I mean, even just saying N-word, it's, it's already a triggering thing already you sure know, i mean like i said you're making people say it in their own heads i mean it's like right nobody nobody's going to be really confused um and if they are confused about what the n-word is so what are they going to do look it up <laughs> which makes them more, even more invested in the, uh, in the expression yeah it's like oh well maybe i should find out what's going on with that all right so, so my yeah. point in all of this is that the yes. r word and the r word that i'm talking about I won't repeat yeah. it over and over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Frankly, yeah. I think it's wrong that we have to use the expression "n word" for that word, but we can, yeah, we can yeah. actually say the you know the word for the R word. But anyway, it's still a, it's still a racial slur. It doesn't it matter that Daniel Snyder sold the team and made billions of dollars off of it. It doesn't matter that Magic Johnson is a part of the new ownership of the uh, of the team. It still doesn't mean the team can use a racial slur. Now, absolutely not. They have been able to, and in fact, this thing got fought uh, in many different ways, from trademark enforcement to all kinds of things. And at the end of the day, the reason the Washington football team dropped the R word for its name was not because Dan Snyder or anybody else grew a conscience. It was because in the wake of 
the murders of Breonna Taylor and uh, and George Floyd and so many of these uh, mm-hmm. racially motivated deaths, that issue became a, a, you know a, a real social justice issue and. The, the powers that be that have financial interests in the Washington football team, and I mean uh, companies that sell their merchandise, you know, the, that sponsor the stadium, all of that, they basically reached out to the, to the team and they said, you've got you to change it. You, you, you can't keep using a racial slur. And we're, we're just not going to allow it. So this was FedEx. This was uh, Amazon, uh, Target, Walmart. Um, I I'm, I don't know about any of the sporting apparel companies specifically, but this is all of those financial interests told the team, look, you got to You got to stop. And that's why they changed it. That's why they dropped the name. Of course, they dropped it and they didn't even have a name. They called themselves the Washington football team for well over a year. I think it was almost two years. They were calling themselves just yeah. the, the football it, team. It, yeah, for two years, and then they became the Commanders, I think. Yeah, and, and look, yeah. I, I, I think Commanders is not a great name, you know, because frankly, no. You never have a team <laughs> of commanders. You, you have a commander, and then you have commandos, maybe. But I think it's a stupid name because it, it, it actually defeats the whole purpose of actually you know, naming a team after something that is usually a singular position, right? So, I mean, but again, I, I don't know how, who thought this out. Um, Dan Snyder, I don't know who thought this out. But what's happening lately with, with the changing of the ownership, there, there's a group, and I'm going to be – let me be clear here. There's a group that claims to be a representation of Native Americans, and they call themselves the Native American Garbage... No, Guardians, I'm sorry. Uh, um, <laughs> Guardians Association. And um, these guys are really disgruntled. Most of them aren't even Native, but uh, so the ones who are are people who've lost the battle in, you know, in their own areas. All their nations, all the, the nations that they claim to be a part of have condemned uh, native mascots, all of them. And, you know, one is, woman's name is Eunice David, uh, Davidson or something like that. I don't, I don't know. But one of them, you know, she was a big part of trying to keep, I think, the University of North Dakota calling themselves the Fighting Sioux. And she lost. And, you know, met, met, a bunch of these guys stepped up in, in fights everywhere from University of Illinois. I mean, I even confronted or, or had the opportunity to confront some of these guys because what happens is white people pay these people to show up. And when we were fighting a school here in Western New York, Lancaster, which ironically called themselves the R word, um, they flew in two of these guys. A third guy was supposed to come in and, and he didn't show up for what was supposed to be this community engagement session where this was going to be talked about. And, you know, they even let the one guy sp- speak. And this guy's an absolute fraud. He, he claims to be uh, a Chiricahua Apache. And uh, of course he isn't. He doesn't have any way to justify or to validate his... Uh, I mean, and, and he's called himself, he's got, had like three or four different names over the years. And, and you know, I think he's, he's, he's part black, part Japanese. And there's no sense at all that he has any native ancestry. But, but he's, he's run around um, and, and even calls him, I think he called himself Lone Wolf or something. Look, I know there are a lot, lots of legitimate native people who have names that sound like they came directly out of Hollywood. And I'm not saying they did, but I'm just saying, usually they're a translation right. of a native name. Right. And, but... You know, when I hear somebody call themselves Lone Wolf, um, I'm immediately, you know, curious where they got that name from. But anyway, that's what this guy calls himself. And he was one of the guys who came out here to Lancaster, New York, out here in Western New York, near Seneca Territory. And, and I pretty much handed it to them. And, I, you know, I told them, 
One, here's the most inappropriate thing about these guys coming into an area like Western New York. You have the Seneca Nation out here. You have the Tonawanda Band of Senecas. And then you have the Tuscaroras. It's a fairly densely populated, in terms of Native people, I mean, con considering we're such a small uh, population in the first place. But for the area of Western New York, there's a significant, significant number of Native people. So when we take on this fight with, with, with a school like Lancaster, there's a lot of native interest, and it's our territory, right? This is where we live. So when somebody comes in claiming to be native, and they sent in another guy to uh, his name was Joe Milk, and 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 again, the white people from Lancaster flew these guys in, paid them to, to come, and uh, and they kind of embarrassed themselves. And, and of course, Lancaster a couple of months later voted unanimously. Their school board voted unanimously to get rid of the the mascot. And and there were a lot of other things at play, but uh, um, including. Native kids in the school districts that have um, uh, or that have have native t kids in the school districts who were competing in sports, they led a campaign to boycott competing against Lancaster. Not because they couldn't compete against Lancaster. Usually, they, we beat the hell out of Lancaster, even though they're a big school, predominantly white school, and and our schools are somewhat smaller and underfunded and that kind of stuff. But we, when it comes to lacrosse. We're probably going to go to Lancaster and kick their butts, but um, and and that's usually what happened. But they, both the the girls and the boys teams said, no, we're going to boycott these guys, and that you know that kind of helped tip the scales the rest of the way. And so Lancaster voted unanimously to get rid of it, and you know so this effort and bring and paying these these Naga guys, uh, Native American garbage. Uh, I'm sorry, I keep saying that, uh, <laughs> Guardians Association. Uh, they keep they, they pay these guys and they've they've shown up. Look, I battled them in my old high school in Cambridge, New York, which ultimately led to a statewide ban of, of native mascots. So they lost. They challenged the law in Colorado and lost. Um, obviously, they were trying to defend the Washington football team and lost. They, they were trying to defend the Cleveland baseball team's use of a native uh, mascot and lost. But they stay at it. And what happens is. They've, they've actually glommed onto something here. They've glommed, on, glommed onto this anti-woke um, sentiment, right? And, you know, so the, the DeSantis and, you know, the GOP right-wing uh, part of the base that, that's, you know, always talking about cancel culture and wokeness being weakness and all of this. So they've, they've utilized that. And now their whole campaign is like they're, they're an anti-woke organization and that the getting rid of native mascots is a, is a part of this woke agenda led by rich liberal elites, which I'm not rich, I'm not liberal, and I'll take, I'll take elite though. No, but I don't, I don't know how elite I really am. But, but anyway, this is, this is what they've glommed onto. And lo and behold, the news media loves this stuff. So they keep saying, oh, a native, or a native organization is uh, calling for the Washington football team to return the R word back to its, uh, uh, back to its team name. They, they claim that they're going to lead a Bud Light type uh, boycott against the Washington football team if they don't change it, you know, which is kind of absurd as well. Um, <laughs> but it, it just kind of shows you how they're, they're aligned. They're aligned with all of this cancel culture uh, and, and, and they are, they're clearly in the Trump corner, you know, they'll, they'll take it to Santos cause he's racist too, but, uh, they're, they're, they're clearly in that corner of, uh, of the geopolitical, um, you know, uh, philosophy, I guess. And, and they've, they found, and, and I've saw, I've seen at least half a dozen or more news articles 
and, and, and some television ones where they've interviewed these guys. Now, they never call any of us who fought the mascot issue. They've, I, my phone has not rung. <laughs> so as Fox News and some of these others are, are putting these guys on, um, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's pretty, I know it's an overused word, but it's pretty deplorable. But that's what they're, uh, you know, that's what's happened. And, and look, all I can say is the word is still a racial slur. Nothing has changed. Here's what's changed. We have eliminated more and more, hundreds more high schools. In fact, we use the fact that the Washington football team, you know, uh, bailed on its racial slur name to encourage hundreds more schools across the country to get rid of, uh, to get rid of these, these native mascots on their own. We've had multiple states, including New York and Vermont and Colorado, and, uh, you know, uh, since the Washington football team's uh, departure from this racist practice. We've encouraged these, these states to issue bans and prohibitions against native mascots. So there's no question who's winning this fight. Um, you know, and it, it's kind of an unfortunate fight to even have to do. I mean, it, it really is. It, it's, it's kind of absurd that we as native people have to tell white people, no, you're not redskins. No, you're not Indians. You're not warriors. You may be savage, but you're not this set where you're not the merciless Indian savages that we are. Uh, you may be, you may be all of these derogatory words, but none of the ones that have been applied to us. Yeah. And, and so the fact that we've got to tell white people this and look, I know that there's people of color who also advocate, you know, there was that one, I can't think of the guy's name, but there was the one black guy in, uh, in Washington who was always dressed up with a headdress. I know who you talk. Yeah. About. You've seen him on oh, television yeah. and everything else. I, I, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but and he's, he's passed away, by the way. And, and you know, look, I know he didn't, he, did, this guy didn't seem to be an evil guy. And I'm not suggesting anybody who, who liked the idea of their team calling themselves uh, a native mascot or a native nickname. I'm not saying everybody's evil. Some of these people, yeah, you're pretty evil. I mean, when I saw the reaction of some of the baseball fans out in Cleveland, like insulting and threatening children, Native children who are protesting the name out there, that tells me, yeah, you, you guys aren't just sports fans. You guys are ass. I'm sorry. I, I probably can't say that on the air. Um, <laughs> no, that's all right. That's all right. All right. I got you. I got you can bleep that one out. <laughs> yeah, no, I got you. I got you. <laughs> but I, I, I'm sorry. This is, this is one of those things. And, and when we tell people, look, it's mockery, they say, oh, no, we don't mean anything uh, derogatory towards it. It doesn't matter if you're, you're trying to be derogatory. Obviously, nobody calls them a name and then insults the name that they, that they chose. No, they don't do that. What they do is they pretend that it's, that it's them. And so it turns into not just the misappropriation of a native image or a name or, or, or whatever, any, any kind of cultural connection to us. It's not just a misappropriation, it's identity theft. I mean, the people that I'm fighting, especially at the high school level, are usually the alumni who graduated 10 or 30, I don't know, 10, 20, 30 years ago, who, they're saying, damn it, I was an Indian since the second grade, and I'm an Indian today. No, you're not. You're pretty pasty white, <laughs> and let's, let's be clear about what you are. Yeah, it didn't matter what school you went to. It didn't change who you are. That's not who you are. Now, you may have played on a team that the team called themselves that, but see, when it comes to Native mascots, it, it, it is. It's essentially this identity theft. And, and, and Reggie, I always come back to the same thing when I, anytime I talk about the mascot issue. And, and this one, I've heard people say, well, that's kind of a cheap way to go. But, but let's be honest. For those who claim 
using native people for a mascot is an attempt to honor us. And look, we're the ones who get to decide whether it's really honoring us or not. And no, it's not. But even if you're going to make that argument, the question I always come back to is, don't black people deserve to be honored? So, so how do you do that? I mean, what do you call that team? I mean, I, I look, and I'm not going for the obvious <laughs> low ball shots here, but, but what could you possibly call your team to honor black people? And what, what would your logo be? I mean, what would your mascot be? I mean, and I'm not even, look, you guys can fill that blank in. Let your, let your imagination go. And yeah, look, and I, yeah. I, I encourage anybody to say, well, no, I know how you could do that and be culturally sensitive. No, you don't. No, you don't. There's just no way you can do it that you're not going to piss off a much larger population of people than Native people represent. And see, it, therein lies the difference, right? It, and it goes to show you that their, their clapbacks and their answers and their defense to all of this stuff, they really didn't think these through. You know, they thinking that, okay, we, we got this for this group of people, but don't even think about the generality of it and the consequences of that generality. Well, and, and look, I think... There were probably people with no ill intention that back 50 or 60 or 80 mm -hmm. years ago when they adopted this name. And, and usually it's, you know, it's a sportscaster. Says, oh, look at those. Look at that football team. That defense is swarming like a bunch of Indians. The next thing you know, that's their nickname. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, so I don't think there was always this ill intent. And, and of course, this all goes back to right. our identities being taken from us from, you know, by television and Hollywood and, and all of that stuff. But when we tell you it's offensive, and then you're going to say, oh, no, it's not. That'd be like, Reggie, let's, let's put it this way. If I punched you in the face, who gets to decide whether it hurts or not? You or me? The guy throwing the punch or the guy re receiving the punch? I'm pretty uh, sure I, we get know the answer to that one. Yeah, we kind of know what the answer to that. You know, I'm taking the business end of that punch. You know, I will... You know, evaluate on the severity of that punch. You know. Yeah, but I'm going to tell you, Reg. I I didn't intend any any. Uh, I didn't intend to be offensive when I when I hit you in the face. Yeah. I, there well, was, there was no oh, no offense intended. So I know I just took all that I'll pain sleep away. Better. Yeah. I'll I, sleep better at night now. Yep. I took all that pain away because I told. Uh, I'm going to tell you that I didn't. I didn't really mean to be offensive. And that you look. And that's what we go through here. So I mean, look. Shame on the news media. And and you know who you are. Um, and, but if, if you're listening to this radio show, I hope that you're pushed back to anything that you saw. And, and I saw this thing in newspapers all over the, the United States. And, and of course, the, you, know, the big, the, you know, the big news is that the Washington football team was sold and that this group that bought it includes Magic Johnson. And I'm going to tell you, they're going to need a different kind of magic to make the, the R word no longer offensive. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They don't mean, they don't need a basketball. I, I hear you. And, I hear you. And I'm going to tell you right now, if this thing gets any traction and if there's really any push, I mean, and, or, or consideration for changing the name back, guess who I'm going after? I'm going after Magic Johnson because, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, but when, Maybe I shouldn't have held Ruth Bader Ginsburg to a higher standard when she cited the doctrine of discovery uh, in going after the Oneidas. And maybe I shouldn't keep making this analogy to, you know, to, to using black people for a mascot. But you know what? If you're a prominent black man 
who has managed to persevere through all kinds of adversity, not the least of which was you know, being HIV positive, and you're gonna spend $8 billion on a team? Was it eight or six? I don't know. It, it, was, it, it was something in that range. Wow, it's that much? Oh, yeah, and, and the guy paid less than a billion dollars oh for it. In the, I mean, this guy just made a bunch of money. Oh but if you're gonna God. pay that much money for a team, do you really wanna start off with a racial um, controversy? I mean, that's I what this you. whole change, thing is supposed to be changed for. But, but I'm going to tell you, I'm, and I'm not threatening Magic Johnson because I doubt that he is really seriously considering this or the, the, the new ownership is really seriously considering this. But if you are, we're not going away. We're, so, we're, we're coming <laughs> you know right what? after you. I'm not mad at you, John. I'm not <laughs> mad at you for that. I mean, yeah, exactly. And that's the sentiment it should be. You know, no one should be given a pass based on identity. Well, okay, and the thing is, if it's wrong, it's wrong. Well, and that's going to be a segue to my next topic. And, ah, ah. All right, so there's a lot of question on why is Oprah Winfrey being beat up so badly over the Maui fires? Well, it's not just Oprah. It's Mark Zuckerberg. It's Larry Ellison. It's all of these billionaires, essentially. Will Smith. Well, I mean, there's a whole, yeah, we can, and I wasn't even really getting, you know, obviously, uh, Oprah's a celebrity, but there's a laundry mm -hmm, list mm -hmm. of celebrities who have mm -hmm. bought huge uh, tracts of land in, in, throughout the Hawaiian Islands. And, 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 and look, I've heard people say, yeah, but didn't the uh, Hawaiians sell them that land? Well, did they? I mean, let's be honest here. Between the military presence there, the tourism industry, which, the, which none of it is owned by Native Hawaiians, and the rich people who figure, oh, I'm going to take, I'm going to grab me up a piece of that paradise. They're all displacing Native Hawaiians. And they're all displacing Native Hawaiians. And they're not just displacing them. They're not just, you know, grabbing, doing a land grab. And by the way, since these fires um, that, that devastated the, this portion of, uh, of Maui, there have been carpetbaggers going, uh, going through there saying, hey, what, do you want to sell your property? I mean, yeah. talk about being insensitive. Yeah. There, there, there are, and look, don't just say, oh, it's, it's those evil carpetbaggers, because there's probably local people who know that if they can buy that property out, they can resell it to, you know, to developers at a, at a premium. Right. But right. what's happened is the price of everything in Hawaii is, is ungodly. There's only a, and, and I could have this percentage wrong, but one of the, the recent reports I, said, I, I heard said that only about 10% of the native, na native Hawaiian population can afford to live in Hawaii. Most of them have had to bail and, and go to the, the continent. And it's everything from food prices, obviously the price of real estate. They can't afford to live there. They, they can't afford to live in their, in their homelands. And it's because the United States in their, in their capitalistic mentality and militaristic mentality has jacked up the price of everything. You know, you've also got the, the Jones Act, which means that Product can't even go directly to Hawaii from like Asia. It's got to go to California first or the West Coast of the continent before it gets back. I mean, it's just, every, everything just adds the cost. I mean, seven dollars for a gallon of milk and that kind of thing. Um, you know, so it's it's an absurd scenario where Native Hawaiians are really bearing the brunt of wealthy developers, wealthy individuals. And I'm sorry, no, I'm not sorry, but Oprah, you're one of them. And look, I know I've, I've seen some, some stories that, that, you know, where she's gone to, gone to the people and, 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 and she's offered help and, and that kind of stuff. Well, the real help would be is if you'd uh, come off of that huge track of coastal property that, that certainly more than you needed. I mean, look, these guys just don't get a beachfront house. They get 
an estate. They they buy like two hundred acres, right? It's absurd. It's absurd. I mean, yeah. So you you have Hawaiians that are displaced. Now I've heard I've heard some um, overtures from Hawaiian natives that have that have thanked Oprah for some of the the good work she's doing in the wake of this fire. But it doesn't undo this idea of going in and displacing the native people in the first place. I mean, it is, it's a travesty that native people from Hawaii cannot afford to live in their homelands. I mean, we can get into, a, a, I, I've done multiple shows on everything from the coup that overtook, that overthrew the Hawaiian kingdom and the, and, the, and the queen at the time to all of the, you know, the actual criminal activity that the United States, I mean, I look, and I wasn't trying to defend Russia, but when I, when I heard the condemnation, even before Ukraine, when Russia went into, into Crimea, I'm thinking, how is that any different than what the United States did to Hawaii? I mean, and, you know, so it's, you've got the, the, the pot calling the kettle black all the time. And look, there is no country in the world that has been responsible for more death and destruction than the United States and more war. I mean, and, and look, you, you can check numbers if you want, but I think in the, in the total history of the United States, I think there's only about 23 years that the United States was not engaged in some, some type of military conflict. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I mean, it's about 18 to 23 years. You know, and by the way, it's supposedly. the country that dropped the, the only country that dropped nuclear weapons on, uh, on a civilian population too, or on any population. But, uh, but anyway, um, so that's the criticism that Oprah and Zuckerberg and Ellison, and, and look, I, I've seen I've seen the whole list of uh, of celebrities, uh, Chris Christopherson, you know Clint Eastwood, all of these people that that own these these luxury homes there, and every one of them that goes there makes it more unlivable. And I'm not saying that they're directly being you know being injurious to the to the native Hawaiian population, but with every dollar increase that a, that a, that an acre of land goes for, the more. These people are being, I mean, it's, I mean, a lot of the Native Hawaiians are homeless. They're lit, literally living in tents. And th that's some of what got burnt up in, in this Lahaina, um, uh, this fire. I mean, it's, and there's a lot of questions on, on how this happened. I mean, because frankly, I've never seen a fire wipe out an entire highway of cars. I mean, usually you can drive away from this. I mean, and look at it right on the coast. Something, something really weird happened there, and and it, it, it's a travesty. And and look, my heart goes out to the to the Hawaiian, the, the native Hawaiian people. I mean, and and I, I know there's, there's probably tourists and others, and I and I'm not wishing any ill will on any of these people. But you know, I know at the end of the day, the long term damage is going to be felt mostly by the uh, the native Hawaiian people there. And you know, so. Mm -hmm. Look, let, all I'm saying is let, let all you rich people do something positive. You know, and I know you're probably not going to come off of land, which you should. But I think that, the, that those wealthy people should do everything they can to allow the people who are burnt out to rebuild. Let them contribute money there. I mean, yeah, you're going to give blankets and water. I get all that. But you know what? Help these people rebuild their house. And if they didn't have a house, help them get a house. Do there something. And, and I'm not a fan of government. I think government lets everybody down so badly that, uh, you know, I say make them irrelevant by the people stepping up. And if you're going to pretend that, that you are just merely a person who's worked harder, pulled yourself up by the bootstraps and have managed to uh, make a success of your life and that you deserve the opportunity to go to someplace like Hawaii and displace Native people, I don't think you do.
I don't think you do. So you've got to make, let, let your conscience weigh on you a little bit and let's, let's see where it takes you. So those are the two subject matters that I wanted to cover on the show. Now, Reggie, I, I, I liked uh, a couple of weeks ago, we did some calls. So, so maybe we need to uh, hear from some, some people. Maybe, maybe somebody's mad because I'm picking on poor Oprah. Um, maybe not. Um, or the Washington football team. But, uh, but look, I want to hear from people. So uh, let me go ahead and, and um, again, the, the studio line is 212-209-2877. Did I get that right, Reg? 212-209-2877. Yeah, that's right. right. Okay, so look, and I, I know this show airs on Fridays in Washington, but I had a few people get a hold of me and says, you know what, I think I'm going to stream the show when it's live in New York, because I think I might want to call it. So, look, if you're listening in the Washington, D.C. area, let's talk about your football team. Yeah, I know it's not really. <laughs> hey. I know it's not hey. really your football team. It's owned by rich people, but, but still. Um, look, and I, I'd love to have a conversation. And you can wait. And I, I'll go right back to the, the first show that I did as a talkback show. I was, I was kind of told, you know, Mario Murillo was the uh, program director at the time. He says, you know, try to stay on topic. And I said, yeah. I don't know that I want to stay on topic. I, I, I had Michael G sitting there uh, running the board. And I said, we're going to take all callers. One guy called in and identified himself as a white supremacist. And I said, yeah, let me talk to him. <laughs> and we talked. And of course, anybody who wants to call in with some, you know, fringe ideology that they want to promote, I'm probably going to make you look foolish. Well, I take it back. You're going to make yourself look <laughs> foolish. I just might help you go there a little bit. So, so John, yes. so John, you'll be pleased to hear that we have almost an, an full board. Well, let's and not waste any. To... Let's not waste any time with me. Let's uh, let's hear what they've got to say. Go ahead and uh, uh, caller. Go ahead and give me your name, your first name. I, I'm not. I'm not going to track you. I'm not going to. You know, look, I'm, not, I'm not coming after you. But just give me your first name and where you're calling from, and I'd like. Uh, let's talk. Okay. Um, hmm, that's weird. All right, so we're just gonna go into the next caller, and we're just gonna repeat that whole spiel all, all right. over. All right. There's the, here's the deal. I, I'm just asking for your first name so we can talk, so I can identify you properly. Denise. Just let me know what your name is and where you're calling from, and uh, what's on your mind. Denise, Denise, calling from Brooklyn. All right, Denise. It's great to hear from you. Great to hear from you. Um, great admirer of you and your program. And I'm part Native American from Jamaica. Um, yes. Yes, you're right. Well, if you're from and Jamaica, you're, yes. you know what it's like to have tourism take over your, your homeland. Yes. And you know what it's like to, to see Native people displaced from their home because of, uh, you, know, yes. you know, for all of that. So you, you know a little bit what I'm talking about. Right. Okay. Um, just one little thing, one little item. While you were complaining, then you said that's the pot calling the kettle black. That that right there wasn't right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Why? What? Tell me what's wrong with that. Um, it means that black is bad. No. No. Calling the kettle black means that that's bad. Listen to what Malcolm X um, was saying with the everything in everything that's black is bad. You look in the dictionary, blackboard, black, black male, black this, everything that is black, black cloud. So, um, well, I, 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 I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying, but let me, let me just explain mm -hmm. uh, my mm -hmm. use of that terminology. And I don't know how other people are, are uh, interpreting it, but the whole point is when we're talking about cooking over an open fire, you get soot 
on the on the pot. It doesn't ruin. It doesn't make it a bad thing, but you can't say that you know that you've got you know um, they're both equally being sooted by the uh, by the fires. But but I understand what you're saying, and I'll uh, I'll, I'll try <laughs> not to use that expression. Uh, I'm trying to say yes, it's all right to call the red skin, and no. When we stop saying that, every time somebody says black male, I say white male to see if you if the white people gonna like it. So when we get rid of all these things, because something should sting you. When you're black, something should sting you in your gut. Just like when the red man hears a, I'm sorry, red. When they say red, you get a sting. So let's all get together and say, no, this is not right. Let's go forward from here. All right, sounds good. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll make a note and I'll make a conscious effort not to use that expression. You know, the other expression that, that I think gets said all the time is, and I hear news people say it all the time. They say, well, that person really went off the reservation on this one. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and, yeah. And I've heard, yeah. you know, the, you know mm. some of the more elite news networks use that, uh, that expression. And The more educated type. Yeah. And, and of <laughs> course, what you're really saying is that, you know, if you leave the reservation, that's a bad thing um, because that was the evil people, right? <laughs> so, mm -hmm. But anyway. All right. Let's go to the next caller. Caller, you're on the air with John Kane and Resistance Radio. Who are you and where are you calling Hi, from? Hi, John. This is Arnold from Peekskill. How you doing? Hey, Arnold. Arnold. It's good to hear from you. How you been? Fine. Um, in regards to, like, Oprah Winfrey and Zuckerberg and these other billionaires, they're not about the people of the indigenous population of uh, Hawaii, you know, Hawaii, the Hikimaoli. Uh, they're about themselves. Oprah Winfrey has always been about Oprah Winfrey. Mark Zuckerberg has always been about Mark Zuckerberg. They're not about the people of Hawaii. No, and, and I think that's that's kind of the point. I mean, and and I you know, look, I I have yet to make my make a trip to, to Hawaii, and I will only go as a guest. I won't go as a visitor because I I won't I won't go as a tourist. And and I do have an outstanding and plus invitation. John, they serve the corporate state. Well, and, and absolutely, absolutely. And, and so I think your, your point is well taken. And, and, and look, I know people are driven by different things in their lives. And, you know, some people, when they, they assess what is success, they, they, they measure it in dollars and cents. They also measure it in acreage. And it's just unnecessary for anybody to go to someplace with such a limited land base and displace so many people. I mean, on 200 acres, there's a, there's a lot of Native Hawaiians that could live there, and, and, they, and they won't. And they won't. So. Well, John, most Americans have very little understanding with outside the border of the United States. They know very little. You know, I spoke to a guy, a woman, uh, and I said, do you know they, the jet, you know, nuclear testing, you know, the dropping of a little boy and fat man wasn't just on Japan. They did nuclear testing on Ani Wetak Atoll in the Marshall Islands almost 70 years ago, in 1954. Oh, they buried, they, they did some underground uh, under uh, native, uh, yeah. native land as well. And also the downwinders up in, in Nevada, the effect it's had on people in Nevada. Uh, and I think also uh, you know, up in Washington State. Um, so, you know, the hypocrisy, you ask most Americans, and they've never heard of you know, the Marshall Islands. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And I appreciate you, you bringing that yep. up. I mean, it's, uh, I, I, I can't not bring up the fact that the United States, you know, is the only country to drop um, atomic bombs on people. I mean, I, I can't, I can't give them a pass, you know, and, and I refuse to, even though 
you know, when you're a little kid in school and they first teach you about Hiroshima and Nagasaki, they make it sound like, well, it ultimately saved lives. No, it didn't. It didn't. And what it's done, it's created the biggest threat that hangs over everybody, you know, in, in terms of what could ultimately be a nuclear holocaust. But Arnold, I want to thank you for calling in. Uh, it's good to hear from you. And uh, I'm going to try to do this a little bit more often. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk again. All right, uh, Reg, let's go to another caller. Have you got one? Uh, we do. And caller, you're on the air with John Kane, Resistance Radio. Tell us who you are and where you're calling from. Hello? Yes. Yes, that's you. Oh, hi. My name is Lizelle, and I'm calling from Washington Heights. All right. I have to just say that I was um, really insulted and offended by your comment, John King, about why not use African Americans as a mascot. No, I, mean, I didn't. I, that's not. Um, wait, 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 uh, wait. Before you get into this thing, that's not what I said. So let's let's not put words in my mouth. What I you said, said what no, no, nope, that's not what I said. Let me be clear what I said. I says you couldn't do it. And in fact, there's no way that you could possibly use black people for a mascot. I wasn't suggesting that anybody do it. I'm just yeah, saying that hypothetically, say that. you could not do this because it would not be tolerated. Why would you even why would you even suggest that that you cannot use African Americans? Why would you even bring up African-Americans in that type of scenario. If you want to go after the ones that have been offending you also and using pejorative names with that mascot scenario, which I really think is disgusting, why don't you pick on the white people that came up with the idea in the first place? Oh, I've gone after, I've gone after, them, after them plenty. But the point is, and the whole reason I bring it up is because the, the closest analogy I can have to what everybody knows would be offensive is, uh, and look, I, I've said the same thing. You wouldn't do it to Jewish people. You wouldn't do it to Hispanic people. And if you can't do it to anybody else, you can't do it to us either. And, and that's my point. And then look, and if you're offended that, that I brought up the analogy, um, yes, that was that. I think that was a very poor analogy. It was an insensitive and offensive. Well, I, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll respect your, your opinion on that. Uh, but I will not apologize for the analogy because I think it's an accurate analogy to, to suggest that if it's wrong to do it for anybody else, it's wrong to do it for us, too. So I, I appreciate the call, and, uh, and uh, you've, given, you've given your voice to the issue, so I appreciate it. All right. Reggie, wh wh who else we got? What, what do we got okay, next? Okay, we got another person. Caller, you're on the air with John Kane, Resistance Radio. Tell us who you are and where you're calling from. Hi, John. Hey, how you doing? Hi, I'm John. I'm uh, calling from the Bronx. Hey, John. And your program, your program is the type of program that I listen to WBAI for. And I got absolutely no problems with what you're talking about. And I, I'm glad that you're pulling the veneer off of these people who have had their foot on your neck, like uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Big Phony, and a bunch of other people. So I got no problem with what you're trying to do. And uh, good luck defending your people. Well, and, and I, I appreciate that. And look, and look, I understand how offensive it would be to to hear certain expressions. And and you know, look, the the the, the black pot I, thing. I'll uh, yeah. I'm gonna make a mess of that. And I and I will probably never use that expression again because you know it, it's funny. I'm sorry. John. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Reggie. Well, you know, it's funny because I'm here with you. I'm listening to what you're saying. I totally got what you were saying. I did not hear 
that there was uh, a, 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 some kind of analogy to black people per se in regards to the block of the pot and the kettle, because as you have said, both pots and kettles are black because of the soot. I, I totally understood that. And maybe it's because I know a little bit more of that analogy better than some other folks. And as well as your analogy about uh, the, uh, the African-American uh, mascot thing, you weren't saying that it should be. It, you, you was just making an analogy. You was making an example of how ridiculous of having uh, a, a mascot uh, based on <laughs> based on who you are, and, and that's you was just ex, uh, exemplifying the audacity of it. Well, and, if and anything you know what? else, I, I encourage you know, it, look for those who know how absurd that would be, or what would be offended by the mere suggestion that a, a black uh, you know a black people be honored with a mascot. If you're offended by that, <laughs> then where was your voice? Where was your voice on the native uh, mascot issue? You know, because I mean. Uh, there, there are a fair number of people uh, in, in the football stands of color, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. not just black, but people of color, who, you know, jump all in with this stuff. And so, mm-hmm. you know, so look, I, I won't back off of that analogy. Um, but I, you look, I understand that the use of the word, the, the color black, has been used in a way to always imply bad, uh, evil, right. you know, or, or whatever else. And, uh, and certainly I wasn't, I have no problem with a black I, pot. I mean, so I, you know, I, the, I will be careful about using that expression going forward. I, the I will. pot and the kettle thing, I, I didn't see that as a as a as a negative connotation to black people because that's just the nature of what a pot and the kettle looks like when you put it on top of a fire. Yeah. Well, and look, well, I, but, oh, I, but I get sorry. it. I get right. it. Look, if somebody took offense okay. to it, then right. then, then I'll right. I'll try to be more sensitive to it. All but right. but All having right. said that, we got any other callers? <laughs> Yes, we do. Well, and caller, you're it. on the air with John Kane, Resistance Radio. Tell us who you are and where you're calling from. That is you. My yes. My name is John, and I'm calling from Comac, Long Island. How the heck is everybody's name John these days? I don't know. What's going on with that? I don't I'm know. Just <laughs> I was wondering the same thing. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, no, uh, go ahead. It's a, it's a fine name. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know what? There's been a few callers that have been a little sensitive to your uh, your efforts to uh, define your position. However, I think a lot of their angst comes out of their sensitivity. But I'll tell you, I, I, I don't think I ever listened to this radio station. I just by chance happened to listen to it, and I couldn't couldn't help but to, to jump out here and jump on because I was one of those uh, male white. Uh, that believe that I can call my football or baseball team the, uh, the the Indians or the Redskins or the Redmen, and I'm like I used to be I used to believe until today until this very moment until you accurately describe the the true fact of the matter and the true fact of the matter is I don't have a right to say that it's not offensive. Because I am not the person who's being described. Well, and uh, it's almost like me. No. It's almost like me saying, uh, I, "I know how it feels to be a black man sitting in a car at a red light with a police car behind me." I right. can't possibly describe that. 
and, and I can't possibly describe. And, and I have the utmost respect for uh, the only true Americans that I believe, which are uh, the people that, uh, you know, were here long before the lazy white man got here. Well, let me let me but comment. If, let me so comment. If I, let me comment if I could. First off, um, I know what people mean when they call us the first Americans, but we we predate the concept. So I, I don't consider myself the first Americans. I, I indigenous to the, the continent before before there was an America uh, or that word. But but to, but to your point, here's one of the the things that is particularly offensive about being used for mascots. They they invariably always represent us as a people who don't exist anymore. They're always a, a, usually like an 18th century depiction of a native person, as if we cease to exist. So if you're always going to cast us as relics of the past, what you have is, is, is a complete ignorance to the fact that we still exist and that we are uh, fighting for that existence and fighting for our autonomy and our sovereignty. I mean, Look, we didn't, we didn't, we're not just fighting a pipeline to be anti-energy. We're fighting to protect land and, um, you know, and, and the environment. Something that, that we have a stronger affinity towards than, frankly, those who are really driven by capitalism. And we are in a constant battle every single day with New York State, with the, with the federal government, with, you know, and these mascots are an assault on our, on our identity. So, John, I want to thank you for calling in. And, and, and look, I'm, I'm here all week. No, I'm here every week, I should say. <laughs> I'm here every week. So by all means, tune in and you can, you can catch us on WBAI. I do Facebook live stream it. And I put it up as a podcast. So if you're anybody interested who wants to find us, find us as a podcast, just search Resistance Radio with John Kane and you'll find us uh, on your regular podcast platform. Uh, got time for one more call? Oh, my God, John, I think you struck a nerve. I mean, this whole board is lit up, but we're going to see if we can try to get two more calls in. And that happens to be you, caller. Tell us who you are and where you're calling from. Hello? You, can you hear me? I hear you fine. What's on your mind? Okay, my name is Regina Jennings. I'm from the, um, just temporarily in the South Bronx and Melrose area. Um, I understand how our indigenous neighbor, I like that term better than, you know, just Native Americans because, you know, as I was coming up 60s, 70s, I had to learn a whole lot of what the history have not taught correctly. I'm also an African-American woman, actually black woman of African ancestry. Um, also, I noticed this. What's going on with the director of the Interior Department with Deb Holland? They should have uh, the... Uh, you know, uh, uh, what uh, Joe, uh, President Joe Biden should do, have that state of emergency to help the, the uh, especially the native people of Hawaii, the native Hawaiians, they need the help. What are they going what is she doing? I don't even hear her name pop up now. No, I've, I haven't heard her way in at all on, wow, uh, on, on the Maui question. She should speak out. She should speak up about this. Well, and, and there's, a, there's always a, there's a strange thing, a relationship between the Interior Department and, and the Native Hawaiian population. Part of it is they were trying to, during the Obama administration, <clears throat> they were trying to turn Native Hawaiians into Indian tribes. So they wanted to reduce mm -hmm. their claim to reassert the Hawaiian kingdom and the, and the fact that they, their lands were illegally occupied, they wanted to try to reduce mm -hmm. them. And I say reduce because I think when you understand what the United States defines as a 
federally recognized tribe. They mean a tribe, band, or nation of Indians subordinate to the laws of the United States. And this effort mm. to try to make them into, and I think it was as many as 12 distinct Indian tribes is what Obama, the Obama administration was trying to do. They said, oh, hell no. <laughs> we know what you've done to Native people. Now, that doesn't mean the Interior Department doesn't have a place in, in any of these land issues. But uh, I think there's a, yeah. there's a really strange and strained relationship between the Interior Department and the Native Hawaiian population. Not all of them, because look, there are some people who, you know, just like with Native people on the continent, there's some people that are all into being under the thumb of the BIA and the federal government. Um, the people that I'm associated with in both Hawaii and, and, and back home here, yeah, we're not we're not down with that. But uh, but you're right. I I haven't heard Deb Howland's name even brought up in in any of this. Yeah, haven't heard from her what about a year or so. <laughs> oh, I've been I've been listening. I've been keeping up. Uh, but this is sad. This is really sad. You, you know. I well, you know, here's here's the deal. Here's yeah. the, here's the deal. The, the whole idea is that you put a native person into that position, and that's supposed to be the gift. Whether she does anything is not the point, right? So when Joe Biden appoints a native person as the head of interior, as far as I'm concerned, to me that we just lost another one. We lost another one to the dark side. I mean, she's she works for the white guy mm. in the White House, and so it, it you know the fact that she's in there doesn't yeah. all by itself mean that that we're, we are somehow better off. Mm. But she should at least really speak up and say, I don't like what's going on. No, she should take a stronger position on, on all of these issues. Mm -hmm. and, and, and we'll see what happens, you know, as we continue down this road. But uh, I, I, I was not as excited about it as some people were. Some people thought, like, oh, yeah, a glass ceiling got broken. Uh, Reg, do we have time for one more quick one? Yes, we do. I, I wanted to ask one more question. Thanks, for Regina, you, by the way. Yeah. Um, one more question from you, John. Um, uh, since the caller brought up about um, Deb Holland, did she responded about the whole ICWA um, decision from the Supreme Court? Did well, she ever commented on that? Yeah, she did. And of course, all okay. of the people who are institutionalized praised the defense of ICWA in a way that clearly I right. didn't. I have a problem with right, the law in right, the first place. Right. But yeah, right. they, see, they all advocate this notion that the federal government has ultimate authority over all aspects of our lives. And so that's how the, the, the case was, uh, was uh, you know, the challenge was, was, was tamped down by the court saying, oh, no, states, you can't raise this issue. And no, you know, plaintiffs, you can't raise this issue because you know, Congress intended for, or, or the Constitution intended for Congress to have plenary powers over all affairs of uh, the mm. all the affairs of nature, which is which is BS. And and I'm going to have a, a, my a, my good friend Peter Dorico join me for a program coming up soon. Oh, nice! And we're going to talk about nice. that. All right, do we still have time? Yeah, this is the last. Yeah, we no, absolutely. Caller, you are the last caller for John Kane and uh, Resistance Radio. Tell us who you are and where you're calling from. Peter from Florida. Hey, Peter, it's good to hear from you again. Here's what I need, because I was at a, 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 a party the other day, and my, my cousin is married to a, a Mohawk woman. Her, her sister is, in fact, married to the chief. Anyway, and they, they were saying... That's, oh, a, that's a brave guy to be married to a Mohawk woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, he was saying... He was saying uh, anyway, they were kind of scoffing at the big deal they're making about the chiefs and the... And the and all that, and I, and I wanted to point to what would be from you low-hanging fruit. In other words, the Washington football team, which you mentioned that that was a name based on scalping. 
But I didn't say anything because I wanted to point to some something scholarly. What could I say? Go to this website. You'll see this is the source of that expression, redskin, that it's based on scalping. Can you give me a quick way to say that I could say, here, this is, this is the evidence of the origin of that phrase? Well, the, the hard part is it was so widely used in a derogatory sense that it's hard to give a, to give a, a single um, uh, etymology of the word. And, and of course, that, that opens up the debate that the, the pro-mascot uh, crowd tries to engage in. But if you look historically, the way the word was, in fact, most of the time, there was an insult in front of it. There was like filthy redskins or dirty redskins or heathen ah, redskins. There so was that's always- what they should Google something like that. Well, and, and look, and if you, if you do Google the etymology of redskins, you're, gonna, you're, you're clearly gonna come up with, um, with some, some source material there. And of course, and I, and I don't rely on this solely, but you know, the fact of the matter is the dictionary defines it as a derogatory racial slur. I mean- um, so anybody wants to argue and look, there's a good chance that if you're native and then you married out, so you're, you're living in Florida with your, with your white husband and you're, you're raising your children in, uh, as you know, essentially as a typical American family. Yeah. You're probably not as offended by, by this. In fact, Berkeley did a poll that said the closer you were tied to your culture, the more offended you were by, uh, by, by the appropriation and by the mockery. And, you know, and, and look, I'm old enough that I remember when, when kids my age were rooting for the Washington football team or the Cleveland baseball team because there was so very little in the dominant culture that we could possibly identify with. And while I wasn't in that crowd necessarily, I was a Dolphins fan, don't ask me why, but uh, uh, I wasn't necessarily in that crowd. I kind of came to realize more and more as time went on, as I, as I grew up, how much of a, a misappropriation it was and how insulting it was to see, you know, 50,000 people in a football stadium wearing, you know, chicken feather headdresses and the like. So, um, but anyway, hey, Peter, right. it's, it's good to hear from you. Um, thanks for, for calling in and, and being a part of the show. Uh, Reg, um, I think I'm on next week. So, uh, in fact, I'm going to be in North Carolina. So I'm going to broadcast live from North Carolina. I'm going to be on the Outer Banks. Oh, okay. So I'm gonna, okay, I'm, on the Outer Banks. I'm going right. to set up a temporary... Uh, uh, studio down there, and, and we're, we're going to do a show from down there. So we'll catch you next okay. week. I want to thank you for helping me with the calls and, of course, getting your insight. I, I love the having – I don't have a, a co-host. The closest thing i got to have to, to a co-host is you, so I, I appreciate uh, <laughs> you stepping up when I need you. So I, I, I really do appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, you know, anytime. It's fun. It, it's always fun talking with you because, you know, more often than not, we have a lot to agree than disagree. And I always feel that we come from different perspectives, but usually at the end of the day, we, we, we're at the same destination, you know? Yeah, so yeah. No, I, I, think, I really do appreciate that. Well, and I appreciate you. All right. Thanks guys. Uh, this is John Kane, and this is resistance radio. Yahweh.